0: I know you want to become confident and empowered and you deserve to step into that life you are yearning for. I'm Carrie V, and I get it. There is more greatness to come in your life and I know you can feel it. I've made a choice to live my big life. Now it is your turn to be empowered and step into the life that has always been yours. It's time for you to step off the sidelines and into your own life, the one you were created to live. It's easier than you think. I believe in you. In fact, I am your biggest fan. So let's get started. We end every episode of Coffee and Tea with Carrie V with a journal prompt or a writing prompt. Same thing. Why do we do that? Why am I always talking about journaling? And why do we end every episode with a journal slash writing prompt? I'm glad you asked. Journaling has been known to reduce stress, manage depression and anxiety, prioritize your fears and concerns, gives you an opportunity to recognize triggers, allows a space for positive encouragement and positive self-talk. The act of writing itself has been shown to improve blood pressure levels and improve your mood and increase those feel-good hormones, those those feelings of well-being, for the functioning of the immune system, and improving memory. Those are some pretty awesome benefits simply from taking time in your day to write. Your thoughts, your dreams, your goals... I believe in the benefits of journaling so much that I created a document for you, 30 Days of Journal Prompts. If you head to the link in the show notes, this is a free resource for you so that you can start your journaling journey with me. 30 Days of Journaling with Carrie V. Head to the link in the show notes and grab your copy today. Every episode of Coffee and Tea with Carrie V is meant to motivate, inspire, bring bright light into your life. Today's guest, Robin Hatcher, is a communication expert, professional speaker, coach consultant, neuro-linguistic programming practitioner, and a recovering actor who works with organizations and individuals to help them connect, influence, and lead with purposeful presence. She is a strong, dynamic, powerful, compassionate, funny, and amazing human being. You are going to love her. So, without further ado, Robin Hatcher, take it away. Robin, welcome to Coffee and Tea with Carrie V. Thank you for having me, Carrie. Oh, you are so welcome. I'm so, so happy to have you here. Your smile lights up the universe. I just remember seeing you the first time and I was like, I've got to get to know this woman. It's just the joy that shines out of your eyes. Oh, that's so sweet. I love that. Well, it's true. I only speak truth. (laughs) (laughs) So we want to hear, we want to hear who Robin is and I'll, and Really brag on yourself. The accolades behind the companies that you have spoken for blows my mind. Looking at your website, it was just like, oh my gosh, this woman is amazing. And I watched some of your some of your presentations. And I was like, I want to be you. So tell us about you. So because we all we're all going to want to be Robin by the end of the podcast. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Welcome. Welcome. R-O-B-Y-N. <laughs> the more Robins, the better. Um, well, the,
1: the funny thing is. When you think about, when I think about where I started and then all of this, it's such a disconnect because um, I love what I'm doing now. I'm truly invested in believe and believe and have been so fortunate to work with the people i work with, being able to do the things that I've done. And then I look back on this little picture of me as a child. And think back on how I felt as a child when I would not look a human being in the face if they were not my mother or my sister or sometimes wow. even my dad. Because um, if you were to meet my family when I was a child, my mother would introduce you and she would say, these are my two daughters. And she would say, this is my daughter, Donna, and this is my daughter, Shy." That was me. <gasps> oh, that was my literal nickname for more wow. years than I care to remember. Yeah. And, um, you know, there were people that probably never knew what my real name was because everybody in my whole family, everybody called me shy. And um, even oh. she even signed Christmas cards, you know, love Donalina, and shy. And then she got a fancy spelling S-H-A-I. And um, so it, 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 it's funny. It's not not like my mom was like mean or vindictive like I earned it I mean I didn't want to look at people <laughs> and um and then the, and, and at that time people didn't realize how crippling nicknames could be yeah. and mm-hmm. so the more I was called shy the less inclined I was to ever be able to speak out and so it really became like a straitjacket for a long time you know and um but it was comfortable you know it's like mm-hmm. nobody expected anything to me of me, and the the interesting thing is now that I've gotten certified in neuralistic neurolinguistic brain uh neurolinguistic programming and became yeah. such a geek on um brain science, I realized what was going on. First of all, I was like getting stuck there, and then I realized how um I wanted to get out and I had to figure out yeah. a way out because I had been creating this shy pathway all of my life. Yes. And so fast forward, I go to high school and I realize, you know, this is really uncomfortable because I had to go to a a brand new high school. I went from like a Catholic school where everybody knew me and no one really wanted you to speak. So I was was like the good girl. And then um, so I end up at a public all girls high school in Philadelphia. And like I would like walk around, I would look around, I would see. All these people making friends and having fun and like and, and it was then it became really, really painful. It's like I mm. this is not fun and I got to mm. figure this out. And um, and so one of the things my mother had done when I was a little bit younger had um, she thought that I could get out of being shy by taking me to acting class. And so I did an acting class. I don't really remember much about it, except for one monologue of doing sorry, wrong number. I don't know why that's the only thing I suck in my head. (laughs) But apparently when I went to high school, I realized that that kind of was fun and actually could helped me be Mm -hmm. able to talk. So I, in my freshman year, decided to, without telling anybody, decided I was going to audition for a play. I was going to audition for the uh, play that was taking place at the boys' school down the street from us. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. And I got cast, which was amazing. And so from then on, it's like, so what I did, like every time I auditioned, every time I performed, every time I rehearsed, I started reprogramming, you know, those neurons in my brain that said, okay, so this was shy and who's this? And so the more I did that, the more the who's this turned into Robin, and then then who's this turned into more Robin and more Robin, and I kept just perfecting and, and, and creating new neurons and creating new pathways and creating mm-hmm. new, new opportunities to me, for me. So, so that's a long story of how I became who I am. And then I, you know, that shy person is still in there, in me sometimes, you know, that introvert, but it's taught me so much about communication. I feel like that's where my instinct around how I coach, what I pull on for my presentations, how I train people all came from knowing how, what I saw was working in communication. What I saw was not working in communication when no one was expecting me to communicate, you know? So I was like this observer, I was like this researcher And I got all this instinct, all this information, all this knowledge that I still, you know, I work on um, reading and and studying and all that, but so much of it is just that instinctual part of me that lets it out. And I feel like also this being shy um, makes me more relatable to some people, Mm -hmm. you know, especially my audiences. So many times audiences will say, you know, so many people teach what you teach, but you make it seem like it's possible for me to get there. Yes. And that's what I love about what I do now, because I want my ultimate goal is to have everyone just be able to get along and express themselves.
0: Yes. So do you think that this shyness would have continued to grow if you had not been? I had to use the word labeled because I know your mom wasn't being vindictive. Mm. It was just who you were, right? Mm-hmm. who at that time? do you think that led into more of that shyness growing that well, this is the role I'm supposed to play? Kind that's of thing? a
1: really that's a really great question. And um, I think, I mean, and I think you just put um you you just nailed it by saying the role that I was meant to play because I think what happened was it did feel like a role that I was stuck in. and and in one of my keynotes, I actually talk about that because. It is like a role that's put on you. And, yes. and so many of us have that role, no matter, like it wasn't even, it may not have been a nickname, but it's something that people expect on you. And yes. so then it starts to constrict you. And then you feel like, well, I can't really get out of it because will people still like me? Will still, Will people still love me? Will they know? And then You know, well, this is what my family thinks of me, so I can't disappoint them. You know, because what we want to do is we want to be respectful. We want to be respectful what people think of us, and that's you know what we tend to do all the time is (laughs) like, okay, that's what you want me to be, that's what I'll be. So I think it it really did extend my inability to communicate Mm -hmm. because it's who I was expected to be.
0: Yeah. So what was their reaction then when you came home and you said, hey, I auditioned for a play and guess what? i got a part.
1: Yeah, that was that was really funny. And, and so that was a, a, a very interesting um, instinctual thing for me not to tell anybody beforehand. You know, it's like I did this all on my own and I knew because there was something in me that knew if I had told anybody, if I told my mother, she would have been excited and she probably would have like tried to help me and coach me and tell me what to audition with and all yeah. that. And that probably would have just made me go, nah, never mind. <laughs> if I told my sister, she would have been like, oh yeah, right. You know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's not going to happen. And then, you know, so I knew that if I told anybody, they, it, I would just not do it. So yeah, they yeah. were totally surprised. Um, my mother was excited, you know, like. I don't remember what um, my sister did, but she was probably really shocked. But and um, to this day, like until like ten years ago, because all my mother's friends, they kind of knew that I was an act- an actress at some point. But when my business started taking off, like a couple of my mother's friends used to uh, Facebook friend me, and they were like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, what is she doing how is she i mean this was what it just didn't make any sense to anybody but now i was like on stages teaching communication skills i thought like oh, little hobby of acting was cute too but now she's doing this yeah when she was that was shy yeah so it was it was interesting it did um it did so much but the, inter- the other interesting thing is i'm still in any family reunion will be the quietest person there. I mean, <laughs> you just, you know, I turn, I revert yes, very easily.
0: That's, that's very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting to be on the stage, but then, then pull back and be the quietest person. I think I am a little bit of the opposite. I was always expected to be the bubbly one and ah. really instinctively I'm I'm really happy just kind of sitting in a corner and staying home and watching movies on my own TV. You know, I don't, uh, parties are like, Oh, do I have to go socialize with people? (laughs) Yes. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. We're, we're, we're on the same boat. Yeah. And now as a speaker that that's, um, that happens because like before events, I'll never forget this conference I was speaking at. And, and it was like, all the speakers were at tables, you know? So I was okay. at a table and I had breakfast. and I had lunch with other people who were audience members. And, you know, it was a regular conversation. Then I went on stage and I did my presentation and it came back to my table. And they're like, <laughs> who are you? <laughs> and like, There were people like, well, you weren't like that before. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well. I'm not like that to eat lunch, you
0: know. I know. I recently had someone say to me they were interviewing me for their podcast, and they said, "You're totally different than what we expected. Your website is whimsical and fun and quiet, and you came on, Uh and you were like (laughs) getting your point across." (laughs) I said, "Well, I like to fool people, I guess." funny. I mean, it's like,
1: we're just so well-rounded. That's what it is. That's what it is
0: to do. We've learned to communicate, which is so, okay. So let's go to this communication when you're on, first of all, I I love your logo behind you with, with this is a brain, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I love it. I love it. I'm going to have to link that in the show notes so everyone can see your amazingly cool logo. And, and the the neuro, neuro, what do we call it? Neurolinguistics, neurolinguistic, right? Okay, that fascinates me, and how it all comes into play into communication. So yeah. when you are teaching, when you are teaching from stage, and you teach a lot of major corporations, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah, I've been in a lot of major corporations like Spotify, PayPal, American Express, um, the the local electric company, Con Edison. AXA, UBS, yeah, a lot of them.
0: Amazing. So, why do they bring you in? What is their What is their reason for bringing Robin Hatcher to the stage? And then, how do you How do you communicate communication to these people who want to learn how to communicate?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great question. So, um, a lot of times, people will come in, uh, bring me in, because, like, for instance, the last um, presentation I just did. Few weeks ago, this just this morning I did something for um, Association of Realtors, and so they wanted to learn. They wanted their members to be more comfortable communicating on camera and in person, and just like just overall how to get through and engage. You know, so that's yes. for the association. For corporations, a lot of times they want their team members to feel more empowered to communicate. So, mm-hmm. um, for instance, I did a, a, a I'm doing a series of communication trainings with a large corporation because they wanted, they know that their, their company, their employees have a lot to say, but they don't feel like they feel empowered to communicate with each other. Mm -hmm. So then another, um, at another company brought me in because they felt like the connection was breaking down between their, team members, that they weren't as engaged or they weren't being as productive because there were some miscommunications and there were some difficult conversations that weren't having. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times they will come in and do uh, things about conflict resolution or just how to get through to people. And then for the financial services firms, they bring me in when um, they want their members to feel um, better in prospecting, more competent in the way that they prospect and be able to maintain their books of business by, um, by engaging better yeah. by differentiating themselves from other people who do the same thing. So those are so those are some of the three uh, ways and um, three, three of the buckets that I play in is like people have me in to do um, the uh, the um, personal branding. People Mm will bring me in to do team building and conflict resolution. And then some people bring me in for presentation and communication skills. So Mm -hmm. all of those I put under the umbrella of communication Rx. And it's a way of um, creating a purposeful presence and enlightened leadership. And so, you know, the Rx, because the communication Rx is like, is I will help to examine then I help the people to engage, and then I help them embody what it is that they have mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. they can lead, they can inspire, and then they can influence. So that's what I, I love to do. That's what people bring me in for. And how I do it is, is you know, I, a lot of times I, I will send out a tailoring form, uh, form to all of the clients who are hiring me, bringing me in. And asking all kinds of questions about what it is, what is it that they want to accomplish? You know, what do they <laughs> really need me to do? And from there, that's when I can identify. And that's like from a physician standpoint, that's where I'm doing my diagnostics. You know, that's where I'm <laughs> examining and diagnosing them. And so as I diagnose, I, I figure out, okay, so this is a problem. So now I'm going to have to bring in a framework around connecting better with uh-huh. their people. So one so I have a I have several frameworks that I've created or formed based on some of the information that I know. And then um or then I will say, oh, this is about people not being empowered. So I'm gonna put in a little bit of personal branding, which is how you really show up and how you can yeah. identify your strengths and your values and the value that you have to contribute <laughs> to the organization. And um, then if it's presentations, it's similar because branding has to be at the base of almost everything. You have to know who you are before you know how you can communicate. And so um, then it depends on what their need is, which tool I take out of my toolbox.
0: I love that. I, I love all of this. I was just taking some notes and you mentioned knowing who you are. I mean, how can you give a presentation if you don't know who you are? So how do you... What are some of the steps without giving away all of your trade secrets? What are some of the steps that you will walk someone through or a group through to knowing who am I?
1: Yeah, I ask several questions, one of which is kind of surprising when you think about it. One of my favorite questions to ask people around branding and knowing who they are is, what were you like when you were eight years old? What were you like or what did you want to be or what was happening when you were between the ages of, say, eight and ten? Because I feel like um, I know that research has shown that somehow around that age, you start to develop and hone the values that you that you carry with you today. And so um, asking that question has gotten me, especially for some of my one on one coaching clients because they're the ones that give me feedback, but even like in a group, I'll never forget. I was in a group once and this woman is like, you know, she had one of those V8 moments because she was (laughs) now she was, I I think she was a geologist or, or um, um, environmental scientist. Mm -hmm. And she said, Oh my gosh, when I was eight years old, I was always just playing in the dirt. You know, I was just like always digging up dirt and playing it. And she had this vivid memory of that. And now this is like what she gets paid for, you know. And I was just, wow. um, and again, I was working with a, a client from MTV. And um, when we were exploring that question, she said, "Oh, she remembered this relationship that she had when she was eight with this girl that lived down the hall from her, who was on the autism spectrum." And the uh, and one of the ways that they played was my client would create these music videos. And she would she would they would do singing things. Oh like gosh, she would like yes. hold a broom and, and sing. And it's like, you know, she'd never thought made that connection. And here she is now, an executive at, at MTV. And I'm like, wow. You know, so yeah, then, like when you when you know that about yourself, for especially for my financial service clients and, and my speaking clients, it's like that is a lead into how you can now develop your signature story how you can develop your introductions. You know, it's like um, what I call your intromercial rather than your, your, your elevator pitch. Like, how yeah. do you create that so that you are so, so, so unique? Because whenever you have that little tiny story, it sets you apart from everybody else.
0: Yes. Yeah. Wow. Wow, that just got me thinking, what was I doing when I was yeah. between eight and 10 years old? And I can remember... Vividly, like you talked about your client playing in the dirt. I remember vividly setting up all my dolls and stuffed animals. And I would stand in front of a blackboard and I would teach them and I would speak to them and I would ask them questions <laughs> and I would get the chalk in my hands and I would roll it because my teachers would always roll the chalk and right. it would click on right, their right, right, right. I And I that. loved that sound. <laughs> and I would do that. I would click the chalk and I would oh, teach them and I'd it. ask them questions and they would raise their hands, you know, <laughs> in my eight-year-old brain, they all raise their hands and ask questions. <laughs> love
1: that.
0: Maybe you should get a chalkboard behind you now. You know, it's like part of your set <laughs> is now a chalkboard. I was convinced that somehow clicking the chalk on your rings was what was helping us learn. I was convinced I of that. I know.
1: That was such a big thing. Yeah. yeah. The nuns used to do that too.
0: Really? And <laughs> and my teachers, like the teachers I thought were the best, were the ones that put their chalk in the silver holder. Oh, yes. Those little holders. And then clicked it. That was it. so cool. <laughs> I knew we had a connection.
1: <laughs> chalk. I love chalk. And I, you know, every time I see a chalkboard like this, every time I see a chalkboard, I just want to buy it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do with it. I, I buy them and then I don't have anything to do with them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wish I had mine close by. I have one too, and it's all framed and lined yeah. and I have chalk on it and I write notes on it and, <laughs> and really they're a mess. <laughs> so what were you doing when you were eight? Well, you know, because what I was doing, I was being shy. They was being shy. <laughs> they say, yeah,
1: but, you know, I was, and the, the funny thing is, and I, I think I may have, that was probably, first of all, I was being shy, so that informed who I am today, because it's like, my mission is never to let anybody be constricted again. Yes. I also started writing a book when I was about eight years old. <laughs> really? Yes. Started writing a, a novel. I had... Um, all this like yellow tablets, you know, and lying tablets. And I would go up in my bedroom and write and write and write and write and write. It was just like, I was convinced I was writing a novel. And I wonder where that is. It's just so bizarre.
0: I bet it would be a bestseller. (laughs) (laughs) Because you actually did write a book. I did. And and tell us what what is your book about and where can we get it?
1: Yeah, I did not use yellow legal pad. My book is Standing Ovation Presentations and it is a book on giving presentations and it is modeled after my experience as an actor and as a screenwriter and so in a soap opera writer. Because what I realized was, um, no matter how much you do, like I, I realized that no matter who you are, we all fall into certain types, mm-hmm. you know. And um, when I was acting, I would go to these auditions, and you know, you're always lumped together in the same type. Mm-hmm. They look around; everybody was like sort of similar to you. And then invariably, if you're going to an acting class, people would say, oh, gosh, I can't believe I didn't get called for that audition. And so-and-so did. And I'm like, looking at them, I'm looking at so-and-so, and I was like, well, you're not the right type. You know? It's like, <laughs> why would you have gotten called for that audition? And so people were like, just so confused by that. And it used to drive me crazy because you could lean into it or you could like be pissed off about it. Mm-hmm. And some, so many actors have learned how to lean into it. And, someone, and then there were actors like Meryl Streep, who can do everything. So what I decided to do as my conceit for my book was to create something that I call actor types, which is your communication style based on the common Mm -hmm. actor types that you see in television and films every day. And those are like the broad, like the hero Mm -hmm. and the superhero, which are different from each other. And the villain is always a villain. And then there's the buddy that's always there and the whiz kid that the know-it-all and that smart kid and then there's the ingenue who's like the innocent who's like the um the sweet naive thing and then we've got the um comic and the supermodel who is like all about the look mm-hmm. and Then we have the curmudgeon, who is my favorite character, because (laughs) I just love saying that name, word, curmudgeon,
0: It is a great uh, word.
1: (laughs) Yeah, uh, Walter Matthau type, you know, so what I realized, and then when I went, I started teaching English as a Second Language, and when I started writing for the soaps, you know, writing for the soaps, you had to stay within the character or else it doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. And so you can't, like, give somebody else's lines to Erica Kane, you know, she can't, it just wouldn't work. And so I created these actor types because everybody has their own style. And when you know your own style, I think it's so much easier for you to present and to communicate. And so the book is really a nuts and bolts, A to Z guide to creating powerful presentations with this um, added actor type model so that you can then use that actor type and then it give you all the um, A to Z outline and, and what to do when you're presenting.
0: Wow. And where can we get this book? Because I I want to order it like today. Yes, you
1: can get it on Amazon Okay. and Born's new book. And it looks like this, although I need another. I would like a new cover, which I will work on, but it's not self-published. So I have to like have a conversation with the publishers who are uh-huh. trying to find. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love the cover. I'm all about that old, that kind of old yeah, fashioned mic yeah, looking yeah. thing. I love it. It's taken me back to my, yeah. <laughs> to my years of standing there teaching my stuffed animals and dolls. <laughs> I am, I am enthralled with everything you do. It's just, you're, you really do light up a room when you come in, your smile is there and you're, you are a very giving and humble person at the same time as a very powerful woman, which is a combination that is beautiful because, you know, you just, I'll come come to you. You invited me to this event, this NSA New York City, and it just meant the world to me to be invited by Robin. <laughs> I told everybody Robin invited me. <laughs> Robin invited me. But you could have said, you know, I'm I'm not going to invite somebody else. That could be my competition someday. I'm not mm-hmm. going to invite you. And yet you're so humble and so open. And there were so many people there that day was like, Robin invited me too. And I was like, she was only my friend, (laughs) but it's such a beautiful combination there of the power that you have and the humbleness that you have too. And what we can learn from you is just, we could go on forever and ever and ever. There's so many different things we could dive into. So maybe, maybe you'll come back and join us another time.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Those are really wonderful words that you said, and I really, really appreciate it because that's you know that's what I strive for, and I feel like there there is room to be both and yeah. and and keeping that line is challenging sometimes, but mm-hmm. you know i I love that that's what it's all about and just a plug for n s a in general is like that generosity like runs through the organization. So, um, I learned, learn it from them and I am glad to be able to pay it forward. Yes.
0: Yes. And I did notice that in that meeting, it was just such a welcoming place. I can't wait to be a part. I can't wait to drive to New York city so I can actually meet you in person. I feel like all, you know, lately we meet people by video chat so much and it's
1: you know, there are going to be some surprises too when when we meet in person because nobody knows how tall everybody anybody That's is. True. You know, it's so funny. I was working with a new client just recently. We were having this conversation. I was trying to get her. I mean, she had all these important conversations to go through that I was working with her on, and um, she was really small in her screens. So I was telling her to move up. Then finally, she told me that she's six foot tall. And I'm like, no, she's five nine. Another friend is six foot. But five nine, that's like, okay, you know what? I had you pegged for five three. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's a change, you know? So that's a whole different person, you know? Um, Five three and five nine, it just is different. It's not judgment different, but so it'll be really interesting
0: when we meet. It's like,
1: oh, is that you? Is that you? You
0: (laughs) (laughs) You'll definitely be looking down when you meet me. (laughs) I barely, barely passed the five foot mark. (laughs) Oh
1: really? See, yeah. I, mean, I I would not know that.
0: For real, it's going to be. It's, and we get to look at everybody's shoes. I <laughs> <laughs> kind of shoes you got on because probably we all wear slippers most days I, I know. <laughs> or sneakers.
1: I know. I don't even know. I look at my shoes now. I'm like, how does
0: one put one's foot in that? You know, it's like I just. <laughs> I know. I know my husband just asked me recently, he goes, you really going to put those pow pow stilettos back on. Yeah. I'm going to practice. I know it's going go to take some practice, right?
1: It's going to take yeah. a lot of practice. And I put on a dress today for this uh, presentation that I did. It's like my first time and ever It's like a lot of times I can get away with just a shirt, which I could have done today, but I figured yeah. let me put on a dress. And I was just so thankful that it still fit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. I hear you. <laughs> I was like,
1: Okay, so i <laughs> I haven't gained as much weight.
0: <laughs> oh, COVID is a whole other whole yeah. other discussion, isn't it? <laughs> so, tell us about your version of your pow pow shoes. That's the one question that is that we always ask on this podcast.
1: Yeah, my version. Like I have tons of shoes, but you know what? I think my version of my pow pow shoes are right here, and it goes with Motown. <sighs>
0: Yes. Oh, they need one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I need, because
1: <laughs> what yeah. makes me happiest is listening to Motown or R and B and doing and dancing. And so this reminds me of dancing. Yes. And <laughs> it just makes me really happy.
0: Oh, that makes me happy, too. So what's your favorite Motown song? Do you have a favorite or are they all just like, um, oh, how do I pick a
1: favorite? They're all pretty super. I have to figure out what my favorite, but like the really old school, like my Girl, yes. my Girl. And um, yeah, I think that's the one that just popped into my head. But there are so many. And of course, Aretha.
0: Oh, yes.
1: Yeah. 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 So, my
0: yeah. my dad was a musician and oh. he he was he played trombone and he was very very good and he played with a lot of the Motown artists. So oh we grew up listening all the time all the time to yes. Motown. Oh,
1: yeah. it's a, it was amazing. I um mm-hmm. I went to the museum when I was in Detroit doing a presentation uh, a couple of years ago and it was just so great being at the Motown Museum.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and even the the history of the word Motown and where that came from yeah. from the motor city. And yeah. It's very fascinating.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So whenever I have a before any presentation or anything that I'm a little nervous about, I'll go and I'll put on um my Motown channel on Pandora and rock out.
0: Oh, I love that. <laughs> I'm going to start doing that. I yeah. can't imagine you being nervous before a presentation though, I have to say.
1: <laughs> That's a question that was asked today. And um one of the things I say is like, if you don't get nervous, a little bit of nervous, then I think you might be a sociopath, <laughs> just <saying>. you know, <laughs> because you know, nerves are nerves are, are a good thing you want. And yeah. you want to do your best. And yes. I just channel them. I just learn how to channel them really quickly.
0: So I wish I wish my dad was still around so he could meet you. He used to tell me all the time. I used to say, Daddy, when am I going to be able to get on a stage and sing? I did that for years. That was what I did for a living. I, I traveled uh-huh. and I gave concerts. And I said, when am I ever going to be able to walk on a stage and not be nervous? And he said, the day that you are not nervous before you walk up on stage is the day you never do it again, because it means you become arrogant.
1: Oh, I love that. Perfect. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. exactly. Uh, yeah. And I really like when somebody says, oh, I never get nervous. I look at them and it's like, hmm. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah. Mean. Yeah. I mean. I mean. Yeah. He said he. He would say. I still get nervous yeah. every time I pick up that trombone and I have my solo part and I stand up. I still get nervous.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't a sociopath.
0: No, he was not. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you sing? I I sing gospel music, mm-hmm. a lot of pop. I worked actually. I was partnered with World Vision Child Sponsorship. Mm. And I would sing concerts in churches and different organizations and then work with them to find sponsors for children around the world.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: I love, love to sing. Music is, I mean, growing up with a musical dad, we would just, we learned all of the big band Motown, you know, Chicago-ish stuff. It was just fun.
1: That's fantastic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. So can you leave us with a journal prompt? A writing prompt
1: um, <clears throat> and that is, I think what I would leave you with is one of the other questions that I ask towards your personal brand, yeah,, and that is why do you do what you do? I love that, yeah, because like just reverting back a little bit or or touching on Simon Sinek's book, start with why It's like people don't care. What you do, as much as they care about why you do it. Yeah. And so to really journal about why you're doing what you're doing, I think is is really important. You know, and and digging deep, not just the because I need money or because I want to help people, but there's a deeper why. You know, it's (laughs) like why are you doing it? What you know? Yes. And um, and it can relate to what you discover from your eight-year-old self. Mm -hmm. And so to really, really create that long vision on that.
0: Yeah. Wow, my mind's putting together so much stuff right now. I can't wait to (laughs) journal this myself. (laughs) And where can we find you? Because as we journal this, I want people to be able to, I I want them to be able to tag you and reach out to you and say, oh my gosh, I had so many aha moments. I discovered this about me.
1: Oh, that would be so cool. I would love that. You can um, find me, my favorite place to play is LinkedIn. So go to my LinkedIn profile to do that. Um, And if you want to go to my website, that's easy. It's robinhatcher.com. And um, I want to play more on Instagram. So you can come and check out me on Instagram.
0: Okay. And you are Robin Hatcher on Instagram and LinkedIn, correct?
1: I am Robin Hatcher on LinkedIn on Instagram. I am not Robin Hatcher and I don't know what I am. <laughs> no, I, I think I am Robin speak, etc., speak ETC.
0: Okay. Around okay.
1: that you'll find me.
0: Yes, I will. And I will link everything in the show notes. For those of you who are listening, Robin is R O B Y N. So Robinhatcher.com com, H A T C H E R. But I will make sure that all of that is linked. So we make it easy. Thank you so much for joining us. I really would love to have you back. There's so much more. I know you could.
1: Oh, Sure. I love chatting with you. You're great questions. And it's just a delight to be here.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for hanging with us.
1: Yes. Thank you.
0: episode and share it with your friends. And follow me on Instagram at I am Carrie v. Remember, it is never too late. Peace out, girlfriend. Pow, pow.